Hey, Ryder, Ryder Novel, how you doing? Before this episode starts, I just wanted to give a quick little podcast recommendation. So if you enjoy this podcast with my style of fucking just walking around out in nature with the birds chirping and heard some kind of little fucking bug over there, I don't know, you know. The nice walking around outside style of podcast instead of the sterile sitting inside conventional writing podcast. Somebody else started one that is this same kind of format. It's called Teaching Myself to Write Novels by Brianna Maria. And yeah, if you're just looking for a a different kind of perspective on this same idea, then check it out because we're both on the journey to write our first novels. But it's neat because she definitely has different, like different concerns than I do. Like I think throughout the course of this show, it's become pretty obvious that my greatest enemy or my greatest fear is that I'm gonna stop, that I'm gonna stop before I finish the book because I've stopped so many times in the past. So a lot of this podcast is about how to keep going, you know, how to just keep on the grind and just keep working slowly day by day by day. Because as long as the process doesn't terminate, it will eventually complete. Whereas so far, her concerns have been way more about plotting and about structure and about how the actual story of her novel should go. And I think that's pretty interesting. But in particular, if you want an episode to jump in with to test out her podcast, I really like the one she just posted as of this recording called How to Be an Overnight Success. And what I like about it is I especially like hearing from people that have like demonstrable, provable success, (laughs) you know? Like, in my case, it's very small, but the only reason I started this podcast and the only reason I felt like I was at all confident to talk about this process of writing is just because I finished the nonfiction book I wrote, the book about video games, just because I completed the process. I wrote a whole book, and I'm like, cool. I feel confident that I can take that experience and apply it to writing a novel and that I'll have something somewhat useful to say, and it won't just be me trying to pontificate and make up shit that I don't know at all what I'm talking about. Still pretty flimsy credentials, but you know, it's something. Where in Brianna's case, she's like a legit successful person. (laughs) She runs a modeling agency. If you search her, it's like, oh look, there's a person. She's a real person. She achieved things in the world. Or like, ah man, if you fucking Google me, There's another Keith McNally who owns a bunch of famous restaurants in New York and he just destroys me. He makes me invisible on the internet because he's an actual person who is actually successful, you know? So Brianna is one of these actual successful people who has actually achieved things in the world. And I really like this episode, the How to Be an Overnight Success episode, because she talks about that. She talks about the modeling agency that she runs and how long it took for it to gain prominence and how it felt like it was right on the edge of that that mythical overnight success, that thing where suddenly everybody knows about you, even though it took years and years and years to get there. She's like, oh, I I felt like I was getting close and then COVID happened and the world blew up. 
but she ties that into the idea of writing a book and like how long it takes and you know as much as we all wish we were done we all wish we had the finished book we all wish we were there we wish we were the success right now we ain't gonna get there anytime soon it's gonna take a long time and i think that's very interesting so uh Teaching Myself to Write Novels by Brianna Maria, available wherever you find your podcasts. Go check it out. Man, I took a little side path just so I could talk to myself because there's a lot of cyclists on the other path I was on. And now I have no fucking idea where I am. This is weird. I've never been here before. It's like a weird kind of swampy marsh. This is where it's nice to be just in Canada, where it's like nothing's a big deal. Because I'm just getting this vibe, the way this feels. It's like, I feel like I'm in Red Dead Redemption 2. I feel like a fucking crocodile could come out and eat me. Instead, it's just mosquitoes. All right, so, teaching myself to write novels by Brianna Maria. Go give it a shot, and on to my podcast. I want to be a success. And sure, that's not the main reason why I'm writing. I didn't grow up wanting to be a model agent. Just even saying that that's my career path, like, it's kind of unreal because it happened over time very slowly as my business started to take off. So it's interesting just the way that my life took this turn. So, yes, I want my book to be finished. I want to be a success. I want to be an amazing author. I want this podcast to blow up. But don't we all? We all want that. Hey, welcome now to write a novel. So I've got the next episode of this podcast all ready to go. And it's kind of long. And I had some other thoughts that I'm like, oh, I'll just spit out these other thoughts and tack them on at the start of the episode. But then I was like, you know what, fuck it. Let's just make this its own episode. And it'll be short for once. You remember the olden days when I used to sometimes do short episodes of this podcast? Those were the days, right? So uh, let's just do a quick little, quick little thing. Couple thoughts that I had. It's just a nice little uh, addendum to that trio of episodes I just put out about the romance story. Just wanted to tack on a little thing at the end because uh, this is what's kind of neat about... You know, there's, uh, I guess there's the idea that you could just hold all your cards close to your chest, not talk about, not talk about your writing, not talk about your story, not wanting to give it away, not wanting to spoil it or whatever. Where I don't really feel that way, obviously. <laughs> I'm just like, you know what, I'm just going to describe it. I'm just going to explain everything that's going on in these stories. And by the time the actual book comes out, I, my theory is that no one will remember anyway what was in these podcasts, so it won't matter. You know, it's like, whatever. I'd rather just talk about it now. And then in two or three years when the thing's finally done, anyone who's heard these podcasts will probably not remember most of this shit. And it can be valuable because just, you know, getting your shit out there, you know, people can kind of, you know, bounce things back at you, you know, filter it through some other people, see what they think. So at the end of that story, the big finale was that the, uh, the girl from Russia gets on the plane with the dude and they fly to America to start their doomed romance. And on Instagram, Lissy J Loves on Instagram, she pointed out like, like there's gonna be visa issues. <laughs> you can't just do that. And that is an extremely valid point. 
On her Instagram, she mentioned that she travels, or at least did travel before the corona world. And on her Instagram, there's like pictures of her in Moscow, you know, in front of the cool Tetris-looking buildings. <laughs> so, you know, she's actually been there. She didn't just hang out at the fucking airport like I did. And to get into Russia, you know, you've got to apply for a visa. You got to go through processes. Even just for me to stay overnight at the hotel there that was next door to the airport and was locked down so no one could leave, it took them hours to sort out temporary visas for us. Like, it's, it's a whole different situation. You can't just roll into Russia. And I realized, like, I kind of, I was sort of taking things for granted just because of my, like, Canadian status. You know, I'm, like, part of the little uh, cadre of countries that are totally easy, basically. Like, when I went to the Netherlands, no one gave a fuck. They're just like, yeah, yeah, what are you doing here? That's fine. Here you go. Here's your visitor pass. Uh, in Japan, they're just like, how long you want to stay? I was like, uh, 90 days. They're like, here you go, 90 days. Have, have fun, have a good time. Even uh, when I moved to the States, like I got a six month, it was like this weird visa that it wasn't a full work visa. I got, it's this little loophole where I was going there to film a documentary, but I had to promise that I wouldn't assemble the footage in the States. I had to do it back home which is just silly, of course. Of course I wasn't gonna follow that, <laughs> you know? Everyone knew that, but it was just for the sake of the paperwork. It's this documentary I never even actually ended up making, but it was enough to get me the pseudo work visa. And even that, I didn't have to do it ahead of time. I did all that stuff at the border, <laughs> you know? I would have preferred to do it ahead of time because it's weird to take a bus to the States and have to sort out all this stuff and just Hope it all goes well. But yeah, I just did that on the day. And then that was for six months. And then I had to apply for an extension. And in that no man's land, when I had applied for the extension, but I didn't have it yet, I went on a cruise that stopped in Mexico. So technically I left the States and on the way back, I had to explain to them like, yeah, my visa's technically expired. I, I applied for a new one, but, and I was like a little like, oh, I hope this isn't a problem. But the people at, uh, the U.S. border literally said, ah, you're Canadian, you're harmless. <laughs> like that's, I was like, yeah, I mean, you're right, it's true. And then that was also, like I said last episode, that was the same thing that I then, I got the six-month extension, and then I stayed another four months after that, and no one cared. Like, I've never had a, a visa issue ever in my life. It's always just so easy. I got turned back at the American border the first time I tried for that six month visa thing because I was, didn't know about it basically. I just lied to them and they, could, they figured out that I was lying. But literally I came back the next day and sorted it out. They didn't even care that I lied to them. Like, I've just, it's never been an issue. So that never really crossed my mind. But yeah, when Lissy mentioned that, it's like, oh yeah, fuck, you're right. Like, just my little experience in Russia, it's super obvious that they don't feel that way. And a Russian citizen going to the U.S., it's the same thing. They need to apply for stuff. They can't just roll in. Like, the relationship between those countries is not the same as the relationship between America, Canada, the Netherlands, Japan, all these easy countries. So I was thinking, that is an extremely good point. I gotta, I gotta acknowledge that in the story. So what I could do, since it's not gonna be Russia, it's just gonna be a mystery foreign country... 
that is clearly Russia, but I can, you know, fudge things a little since I'm going to make up that it's my own country. I could make that be part of the plot during the week that the characters are hanging out. That could be something they talk about, like, hey, it's a big news story. Did you see this? Like, hey, relations are going well between our countries and and this pseudo-Russia country has now joined the ranks of all the little unified countries that don't require that you apply for a visa. You can just roll in now, just like you can with all these other countries. So they could talk about that, and that could be the impetus that inspires the guy to pitch this stupid plan. That could put the seed in his head of like, hey, she can just come back to America with me now. Why don't I do that? Why don't I buy her a ticket? Why don't I pitch this idea to her? Why don't I set this ridiculous plan into motion? So that kind of covers up the little plot hole and I think actually makes it a better story. It like strengthens it. It gives him a little more reason to pitch this dumb plan. Like everybody's talking about this You know, it's going to be maybe not, like, as momentous as, like, the fucking Berlin Wall coming down or something. But a pretty big deal. It's, like, international news that, like, we've entered a new age where we're all friends now. (laughs) You know, we're less combative. We're less at odds with each other. And since it's on all the newspapers and on all the little TVs in the airport and it's just what people are talking about, it gives him that extra inspiration to, like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do that. Since we can, then let's do. (laughs) Whether we should or not, let's fucking try it. So yeah, I just thought I'd mention that to like fucking wrap up that little story. And it's kind of a neat thing because like I'm not a huge fan of having people like read my stuff and give me feedback or whatever. I kind of respect (laughs) when other people do it. Like uh, my friend Brad wrote this awesome story that he sent me a copy of and asked me for for my thoughts and it's like I'm just like such an annoying personality type that like like if you ask for my thoughts you're gonna get them you're gonna get like two pages of meticulous notes of every little stupid thing that stood out to me and it's probably like a, an uncomfortable and annoying level of criticism but it's just like hey that's, that's, you asked for it here it is boom but I can dish it out, but I can't take it. You know, I don't like when people do that to me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm pretty uncomfortable with that. Although, uh, I mean, that, that book I wrote about The Last of Us, I did send that to Brad and ask for his feedback. But even that, I, I kind of requested, like, just, just give me your vague impressions, you know? <laughs> I don't... It's one of those things I got to get better at. I got to learn how to, to accept criticism better. Because at least I know this about myself, you know, at least I know that this level of criticism I dish out is, I can't take it back yet. And I guess the only way to get better at it is to just do it, right? Anyway, whatever. Something I'm working on. But this level of criticism, I love. This is actually great. I'm just like, okay, so I kind of rambled about the basic beats of this story on the podcast. And then Lissy on Instagram was like, okay, hey, that's cool, but... You know, you got to deal with this. That's a thing that is not going to work. And I'm like, oh yeah, cool. You're right. And then it got better. It's like fixed up a little. It's like that medium level (laughs) or low, it's probably more of a low level of uh, criticism and feedback is perfect. It's so good. And more of the wonders of Instagram. I'm novel pod on Instagram and go follow Lissy J loves on Instagram too. Fuck it. Why not? 
So there we go, that's not too bad, right? It's like a 20 minute episode, that's nice. That feels nice. Uh, just to finish off, speaking of that story, the romance story, so I was saying how if there were a sequel, it would be about how the relationship didn't work and they ended up getting married, having kids, then getting divorced. I found a song that I think would be awesome for the dude in that circumstance. Like I never, from the get-go, really thought of that character as me. I never thought of him as being like me, he's like this other type of person. Anytime I've broken up with somebody, even if I'm the one who broke up with them, you know, the hurt and the pain and the weight of it would just come out as angry. I'd be like angry at them, like, ah, even though I'm the one who did the breaking up, like, fuck. Why'd you make me have to do that? Uh, you know, and I just have to like untangle that nonsense in my head. But I don't want this character to be like that. Again, this guy is not me. This guy is his own guy. So I was thinking the way he could interpret his life where he's gotten divorced is to not be mad about it. He's just sad about it. He's just like, fuck, I wish that didn't happen. I wish I could get back together with my ex-wife. And he's just a big mopey sad sack. <laughs> and maybe that could be what that story would be about, you know, is like her helping him like ferry himself across this particular gulf of like, I know you think this is what you want. I know you think you want us to get back together, but we're gonna teach you that this isn't what you need. This isn't what you want. And plus this isn't gonna happen anyway, so fuck it. And that could maybe be interesting to write about a character that's not like me, to write about a different problem, a different internal state, a different situation. It doesn't feel like exciting to me. I still don't think I would write this sequel. I don't have that spark of that little thing that would make me care about it for two years to write it. That's not there yet, but this is just another potential idea, a way that it could go, another little piece to like maybe. And I found this song that I think is just awesome. This song would be great for this guy and how he's feeling right now. It's just like, not angry about his failed love, but just sad, just sad about it. It doesn't know what to do. <laughs> it's not an extra sad song, but it is just kind of like, cause this guy, I, I don't want anybody in this story to be like a miserable sad sack, just a little, still like, hey, life's still okay. Life's still not bad. I'm still basically happy, but I'm just stuck. I'm stuck at this roadblock that's making me depressed and I don't know what to do about it. So this is a song called Super Poke by Spooky Rubin. He's a Canadian guy. You probably never heard of him, but in the 90s in Canada, he was pretty famous. And this song has got that vibe of just, no matter what I do, never gonna be enough for you. Ba, 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 da, ba, 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 ba. <laughs> it's cool. All right, thanks for listening. I'll see you next time with a big, long, fucking rambling nonsense episode. Adios.
Time I turn me into knots. Oh.